Hey there, it's Bonnie Gallum, host of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, and we are here with our first ever news you can use episode. I'm treating these episodes as like a fun, quick, little deep dive into something that's trending in the news right now, and I think worth a little bit of discussion. And for this week's episode, we are going to explore the world of a apartment office conversions office or maybe just office conversions more generally because this I am seeing as a growing trend um although perhaps not as like widespread or pervasive as some might think given like the office space seeming implosion that happened in you know 2020 um but it is definitely something that is not only catching the eye of investors, but something that lenders are taking note of, but perhaps most importantly, and we'll touch on this a bit towards the end, the government has taken note of this opportunity as well and is um, imp- implementing some incentives to have these types of projects take place. Um, so let's talk about it. Office space conversions. Uh, when you think about them, I think the obvious space obvious geographic areas where you're thinking that these types of projects are going are major metropolitan areas, places like New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago. And you would be right, but the limits are not uh, set in stone there. I think that's where there's probably, you know, a lot of big money for big projects to take place. Don't get me wrong. Um, But these types of projects are definitely doable in you know secondary or even tertiary markets around these major metropolitan areas. Nationwide studies are showing that there's about 125 of these office conversion projects underway. And of that, about 30% are training, turning these uh, office spaces into multifamily, while 50% are conversions into life sciences spaces, which I thought was really interesting. I'm a Philadelphia investor. I invest around uh, the universities there. And I've seen <laughs> the transformation, particularly around universities, from these kind of like dormant, partially occupied office spaces that were just never really filled due to it being like a meds and eds type of an area that are now these, you know, pharmaceutical businesses and startups in the healthcare space. And so to see that 50% of these are conversions into life sciences spaces, I thought was really, really interesting because that's like not a small (laughs) proportion when we're talking about um, conversions of these types of properties. Now, what's the other 20%? of office conversions, they're moving them, the properties into things like hotel spaces and some other uses that don't seem to be really kind of getting a blip on the map. Now, let's talk a little bit about what it would take to actually kind of finance one of these deals. Um, According to some uh, big banks out there, they are, you know, these types of projects are actually considered to be a bit more risky than a new construction type of project. And so they're underwriting them as a riskier type of deal. But the financing around it may be something that feels very familiar to those of us who are uh, dancing more in this strictly residential space, which is that they are basically syndicating them. (laughs) They're getting some sort of bank financing and they're syndicating and crowdfunding essentially the rest of it. 
Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting as I was researching for this episode was that the way that these banks are underwriting and evaluating these deals, you know, really comes down into like deep details of the building itself. Like they're looking at column spacing to see like, are you architecturally going to be able to do what you want to do up to, you know, residential code, which is obviously different than uh, commercial building codes. Um, like looking at ceiling heights, what the market amenities in the area are going to be, you know, calling for in terms of both individual space, but also common areas. Like, is there going to be an expectation to have a dog run or a pool or something like that? Um, and then obviously this, you know, is true across the game, no matter what type of financing you're doing, they're going to look at your experience. What is your track record? And they're going to look for specific experience in doing some type of conversion, uh, project, uh, because these are considered to be riskier projects. This is not something where I think a lot of lenders will just look at someone and say, oh, they know how to do residential real estate, therefore they know how to do, do a conversion. And so this will be a great opportunity for JVs, partnerships, being able to get someone on your team who knows how to do this stuff. Um, say you're the person who's able to kind of bring a deal, a property to the table. Now, the government. <laughs> the government is obviously uh, excited, both at the um, state and federal level, but you're really seeing a lot of, of these incentives pop up at the state and local level uh, because there's a housing crisis. Have you heard? <laughs> um, states are really putting some, you know, serious dollars into these types of projects. I'll give you some examples. California's 2023 budget allocates $400 million in grants for office to multifamily conversion. Uh, Denver's budget is providing funds to study the matter. DC is calling for 20-year tax abatements for these types of conversions. And you're seeing it on the books in Baltimore. You're seeing people talk about it in um, Philadelphia. You're seeing people talk about it in LA uh, because it there's there's not enough housing and there's these you know dormant buildings. Um, now some of the you know downsides of these types of conversion projects is that due to the cost of acquisition and then the cost of conversion, these are most often being turned into I'll say more luxury or upper market type of. Uh, market rate housing that's being offered. Um, they're estimating that these types of conversions are running about 100 to $200 a square foot. You would probably be able to estimate in uh, you know your area if you've done any sort of new construction or we'll say gut rehab of a property, if that sounds high or low, I'll admit it probably sounds about the same. Uh, if not on a little bit of the lower end, um, then you know, how things are running here in the, the greater Philadelphia area, depending again, obviously on finishes and whatnot. Uh, but then you have to factor in like, what is your, you know, acquisition cost on a cost per square foot as well? Because, you know, the price per square foot of New York City office space is going to be different than the price per square foot of office space, say in, you know, middle America somewhere. Um, this is nothing new, this type of investing. There have been people doing this for, quite literally decades at this point. Um, but the market that they're saying to try to target in terms of geographic area is somewhere where there's a good concentration of what you call that meds and eds that I had referred back before, because that's kind of what I see a lot in the West Philly area where we invest a good bit. 
So thinking about, you know, surrounding college towns, uh, surrounding areas, you know, where there may be like government uh, institutions, pharmaceutical, you know, big healthcare institutions is a great opportunity to look for these um, conversion opportunities. And some places like LA have had city ordinances on the books that you know are very encouraging of this type of redevelopment for you know 20 plus years at this point. And I thought a really interesting statistic that was shared about LA in particular is that about one third or 12,000 of the new 37,000 residential units that have been developed in the 20 years since that ordinance has been in place have been, one third have been from these types of office conversions. And so the opportunity for redevelopment um, to perhaps play a small part, <laughs> although some small part is better than no part in dealing with the housing crisis. And so realizing that the banks are willing to fund this stuff, the government is willing to chip in to get these types of projects done, I think makes them a really interesting uh, target to kind of keep your eye on as you know the housing and office space kind of continues to shift uh, as it has been over the past few years. And so this was a fun, quick little first adventure into some news you can use with the trials, tribulations, and adventures in office conversions. Uh, next week, I will be answering our first listener question on our first Q&A episode. And so if you do have a question that you would like answered by me on a future episode of Good Bones, just leave me a voicemail. You can go to bonniegallum.com slash podcast. There's a button right there at the top to leave me a voicemail with your message. And I would love to answer it in the future. Until next week, you know, I'll be hanging out over on Instagram, popping in on the Facebook group, and I'll see you here same time, eh, probably earlier in the week. Things are, things are behind schedule here in the Gallum household, but next week is locked and loaded, ready to go. That's it for now. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.